You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Jessica, increase the wave amplitude another 15%. Amplitude increased 15%. I think we're in. Jessica, do we have control of the Neverland podcast? Yes, but I do not know for how long. Mortis was hanging his wash on my antenna again. Okay, just keep control as long as possible. Ladies and gentlemen of the Neverland podcast, this is Tracy and Scott of the Disney Indiana podcast, and we have a late entry into the Disney Battle of the Bands. That's right, Tracy. They've been jamming here for the last couple of weeks over at the Country Bear Playhouse, and I think they're ready for the big time. So may I introduce to you the act you've known for all these years, Disney Indiana's Disney Park Club Band. At lead guitar, we have the grim grinning ghosts all the way from the Haunted Mansion. Happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and... On lead vocals, it's Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Drink up me hearty Yo-Ho! Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me! On bass and backup vocals, it's Jose, Michael, Pierre, and Fritz with the Enchanted Tiki Room. It's showtime! In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room, in the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. And rounding out the band on drums is Zeke and Zeb and Ted and Fred and a bear named Tennessee with a country bear jamboree. The Bear Band Bears will play now in the good old key of G. Zeke and Zeb, Ted and Fred, Bear named Tennessee. Zeke's twanging on banjo and a tapping. Now we apologize for being late to the party, but after all, they did have to travel all the way from Florida and California to rehearse. We hope you'll let them compete in the Battle of the Bands anyway, Jeremy. There goes the signal. Hello, are we back? Oh, okay. I, I don't know what just happened there, but uh, well, this is the Neverland Podcast, episode 79. Welcome to Neverland! Take a start of the right and start until morning. Neverland! Yes, it is once again time for the Neverland Podcast, and I am once again your pan, the spider pan, Jeremy, and I am here to lead the way into Neverland, but first you have to make sure you have your pixie with you. You should have been keeping her in your pocket all week so you could spread pixie dust to everyone you come across, but we need a little pixie dust for ourselves, so take her out and sprinkle her all around. Get that happy thought, and let's get ready to go to Neverland. But of course, I do want to remind you to visit Neverland Podcast. Com. Uh, you can also email us, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Now, don't forget, though, neverlandpodcast.com. Can I say it enough for you? That's where you're going to find everything you need. How to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry. How to rate us when you go to those sites. Give us a good rating in there. Uh, give us an honest rating. And also, it'll find your way to our news blog page and also our polls page where you can vote in the Disney battle, well, the Neverland battle of the Disney. Disneyland bands, or not Disneyland bands. I keep wanting to say Disneyland, but it's just Disney bands. They're not necessarily from parks. 
But uh, also don't forget to follow us on Twitter and interact with us. Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast or at NeverlandPCast. Tweet to me. I like to hear it. Uh, Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast for our like group. We also do have a Facebook group, and that is, of course, just put groups into the middle of that. Just search us out. And also, of course, at NeverlandPodcast.com, you can find links for that right there. You can leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492. We do enjoy hearing from you. Also, while you're there, don't forget to find out how you, too, can join the Neverlanders by becoming a lost boy or a pixie. And some of you may be saying, well, why can't I become a lost girl? And that's because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. And also, you can find our links to donate through Patreon, which will be patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. You can also find out about Give Kids the World. Anything donated through patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast will also half of it be given to Give Kids the World. Well, with all that out of the way, it's time... This is Gary Gnu, and the No Gnu's is Good Gnu's show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. Neverland News from the Disney Parks. Yes, we have some Disney Parks news to talk about this week. Uh, Ant-Man will be having a special preview in Disney California Adventures Bugs Life Theater beginning June 19th. And on display, they're going to have the Ant-Man costume. Now, I have not heard if this is a replica or an actual costume used in the filming of Ant-Man. Could be either way. Uh, But, of course, being that this is a nice 4D theater, expect the typical lots of effects and it's a special preview, so who knows what you're going to get to see. Uh, Very exciting. Ant-Man the movie, of course, coming out very soon. But, yeah, definitely June 19th, go over to Disney California Adventure and check out that trailer, that preview. I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but uh, go check it out. Also, TCM's Robert Osborne's narration has premiered at the newly updated Great Movie Ride in Disney's Hollywood Studios Park. Uh, he narrates the ride, and he kind of takes lines from the tour guide that you might remember the tour guide having before, and really kind of sucks the fun out of the ride. It really does. It sounds like a museum attraction now. I've gotten to see some audio, or see some video with some audio at uh, BigFatPanda.com. Some of you may be familiar with good old John Pandell. You can find him on Facebook. He does lots of great videos there in the Orlando parks. And he shared the audio, and he's not that pleased with it. But, uh, you know, Robert Osborne, he's lots of information and facts and things that he can give and whatever when he hosts on TCM. Of course, this is just like, and this is one of my favorite movies. It's The Wizard of Oz. You know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily informative. It's just like, oh, it's, it's Robert Osborne's Bourne's first voice. And it really, he's just Ben Stein, you know. But on the plus side, the ending film montage has been updated. And after there's a brief, you know, kind of intro ad here with Robert Osborne, he talks about, you know, you can see all these movies on TCM. Uh, and uh, then, of course, they show the montage of a lot of different movies. You'll see a lot of the ones from before and a lot of new ones. And there was even a clip from Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's a clip you've seen in the uh, teaser trailers. Well, actually, that very first teaser, you saw the Millennium Falcon getting, you know, shot at by TIE fighters, and they kind of do a flyby of each other. Uh, that's exactly what it was in there. So very, very cool. I think they put that in replace of C-3PO saying, I've forgotten how much I hate space travel. Uh, But very, very neat. Also, you know, BigFatPanda.com, he has a video of that, which you can go and check out. 
Very, very cool. Your attention, please. Disney movie news. Yes, we indeed have some movie news, which, yeah, I guess it sounds like that Ant-Man uh, preview would be a little bit of movie news. But uh, Fantasia's Night on Bald Mountain has been tapped to become a live-action film. Uh, this is going to be taken care of by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, which are best known for Dracula Untold. And they're working on an adaptation. Now, I didn't find if they were uh, directors or writers or whatever, but they're the ones who are working on the adaption and the movie. But now, did anyone actually see Dracula Untold? I didn't. I heard it wasn't really that good. Uh, so, this doesn't sound that great. I mean, Disney's really been on a trend here, uh, and it seems we'll turn out in droves. If they turn one of their animated classics into a live-action movie, we'll show up and we'll watch it. Uh, I guess that's the loyal Disney fans that we are. Although, it's, it's getting a little out of hand now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this potentially could be interesting. So, even though I might complain, oh, golly, because they got to turn all their animated movies into live-action movies, but yet this one i would be curious to look to see just what they've done and i'd probably go see it anyway <laughs> but uh yeah so there you go night on bald mountain i don't know what they're going to title it uh, and uh, it makes me wonder if they're going to try to take any other bits of fantasia and try to make a full story out of it, it makes you wonder uh, also disney pixar's inside out will premiere with a teaser for disney pixar's the good dinosaur uh this movie was shelved years ago uh, you know, it had been postponed or whatever. I didn't think this movie was ever coming, but the teaser is going to be with Inside Out, which Inside Out opens, what, I believe next week? Uh, so yeah, get ready to go take a look. Uh, I have gotten to see the teaser. It really doesn't show you much. You'll get a look at maybe some of the style and some of the premise of the world that this, this movie is set in, and I think that's probably going to be the big push for exactly what this film will be about. Okay, I also have some, uh, lots of actually additional news, a little bit of Marvel news. Uh, the all-new, all-different Marvel post The Secret Wars, now I'm talking about the comics, not the cinematic universe, but they have announced that the new Invincible Iron Man title, and it's going to go back to number one, I have a feeling all their titles are going to go back to number one, but it's going to be penned by Brian Michael Bendis. Now, for those of us that read comics, we will be familiar with Brian Michael Bendis' work on Ultimate Spider-Man and a lot of other Marvel books. A very talented writer, uh, has done a lot of different things, I think he was even writing Ultimate X-Men back when the Ultimate line was first brought out, and uh, so now this is the combination of the Ultimate Universe and the Marvel Universe and everything. Uh, I haven't been paying much attention to the Secret Wars. Uh, I just haven't had the time or the, the finances to go after all of this. But uh, it seems uh, Iron Man is going to get a new love life. Uh, a new armor that can change quickly into any of 30 past forms as needed. And also, uh, they thought they needed some enemies for Tony Stark, not just Iron Man. So some personal enemies could be very interesting. Look for that to come out, uh, I believe, by this fall. Check out your local comic stores. Uh, and in case you didn't know, also speaking of Marvel Comics, Jane Foster, which in the cinematic universe you've seen her played by Natalie Portman, uh, she has been revealed as being the new Thor. You know, that it was a big deal when Thor suddenly came out. There was a woman who was now Thor because the original Thor was no longer worthy of the hammer. And, uh, and in case you wanted to know more about some Marvel heroes who are being replaced by women, X-23, who is a female clone of Wolverine, is going to be taking his place in the all-new post-Secret Wars Marvel. 
Uh, they have actually released some artwork, basically. She's wearing the Wolverine costume. Uh, she is very similar. Uh, she's, of course, younger. Uh, she only has two claws in each hand and has a claw in each foot. So, I, you know, I thought with the Secret Wars they'd find a way to bring Wolverine back, but it seems like what they're doing is going to let X-23 step up and uh, wear his costume. So, I don't know if that means that she's actually going to be called Wolverine from here on or not, but uh, apparently that's what we got coming. Oh, also on some other Disney news, this is pretty cool. The Silly Symphony Collection is coming to vinyl. Uh, and this is taken directly from the website here. It says, The Silly Symphony Collection is a first-of-its-kind box set featuring the complete restored soundtracks from all 75 Silly Symphony shorts from 1929 to 1939, with over 8 hours of music spread over 16 vinyl LPs. The collection is housed in 8 tip-on gatefold jackets with original animation art and a beautifully constructed foil-stamped and numbered slipcase. Soundtracks of Disney classes such as as The Skeleton Dance by Carl Stalling, Three Little Pig by Frank Churchill, and Donald Duck's debut, The Wise Little Hen by Lee Harline, will be presented in full for the first time ever on record. Each gatefold jacket includes detailed liner notes for every short by Disney historians J.B. Kaufman and Russell Merritt, authors of the definitive book on the Silly Symphonies. You can pre-order a copy at www.disneymusicemporium.com slash silly hyphen symphony or just go to disneymusicemporium.com and you'll see a big link for it they have a lot of different different Disney music that they've put up in different uh, collections uh, it usually comes around to be pretty expensive so be forewarned this is for the serious collectors only I just thought it was pretty cool also a Disney television two new animated Disney shows are coming one is called The Lion Guard, and this will premiere this November with a television movie, and it's going to become a regular series by next year. And this is going to focus on Simba's son. I uh, don't know any more about the series, uh, but that. <laughs> and also just announced this week, and maybe you heard about this, but it's the return of Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi to reprise their roles in a Tangled series. Alan Menken and Glenn Slater, who wrote the catchy tunes for the movie, were also going to be writing some new songs for this new series. Now, I'm pretty excited about this. I don't know exactly where they can take the characters, but I'm a big fan of Tangled. I really like that movie, and uh, you know, as long as they have that little iguana or whatever or chameleon with them, <laughs> then, then I am in. But that is all the news that we have for this week, and so now it's time for an update. Disney music fans, the time has come. It's the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Your vote will determine this year's top five Disney songs. Vote now at poll.neverlandpodcast.com. That's P-O-L-L.neverlandpodcast.com. And listen to the Neverland Podcast to see which Disney band rises above the competition. Round one has been concluded this week, and I have some results for you. The Disney Indiana Park Club Band was taking on the Muppet Mayhem this past week, and our winners, Tiki Room, has beat out Man or, beat out man or Muppet, uh, and then I'm Going Back There Someday has defeated A Pirate's Life for me. Grim Grinning Ghost absolutely dominated It's Not Easy Being Green. Which shocks me. <laughs> I mean, It's Not Easy Being Green is the ultimate Kermit song, and it it was just smashed by Grim Grinning Ghosts. A lot of Haunted Mansion fans apparently turned out in droves. Uh, the Bear Band Serenade 
tied with the Rainbow Connection. And the overall result is that the Disney Indiana Park Club Band has taken the victory. Next, we have the Living Action versus Pixar. This, of course, is the live action movies versus Pixar. This only happens in the movies, puts that thing back where it came from. Uh, it was taking on, of course, that's, you know, put that thing back where it came from, and it really, it, it, it beat it pretty good. It was, it was pretty impressive. Not near as dominant as Grim Green and Ghost. Feed the Birds, though, did dominate If I Didn't Have You. There was, there was a few votes for I Didn't Have You. I, I like that song, but, you know, Feed the Birds. <laughs> so I guess it was a tough competition. Uh, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I can't even say it. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious has defeat strange things from Toy Story. So Mary Poppins just goes on a rampage here this week with their two two entries. But we do have a nice victory here for Pixar. You've got a friend in me narrowly beat out Whale of a Tail from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I mean, it was close, which just goes to show you need to come and vote. Poll.NeverlandPodcast.com. Make sure you're voting, and you can vote like every five minutes for your favorite songs. So, you know, keep your songs ahead of the competition. The final result, result though, is that Living Action has beat Pixar this week uh, in a 3-1 to one victory. Now we have the classically animated versus Renaissance. This, of course, is those classic animated Disney movies versus the Renaissance animated movies of the 90s. Go the Distance actually doubles over the Silly Song. Got twice the amount of votes for the Silly Song. Friend Like Me didn't really make those crocodiles smile. Got a big win, uh, win over Never Smile at a Crocodile from Peter Pan. Under the Sea tied with the second star to the right. Those are two great songs from two different eras, and so that's not that surprising that it tied. And then I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules tied with When You Wish Upon a Star. That is impressive. I mean, that's like the ultimate Disney song, and I Won't Say I'm In Love is just that good that it tied. But the overall result has to go to Renaissance for its two victories with Go the, D- D- go the Distance and Friend Like Me from Aladdin. So congratulations to our band winners for round one. Round two has already begun. And in the show notes, you can find the link to how you can vote, poll.neverlandpodcast.com, or just go to neverlandpodcast.com. On the far right, you'll see the polls link there on the black bar. Go ahead and hit that and start voting. Now, this second round, I have three-way battle royals going on between the winners and the losers. So the winners are all battling each other and the losers are battling each other. I've developed a scoring system. Each individual song, I'm tallying every single vote that it gets. So that individual song will have an overall score. Each band combined, whenever it has a victory, I'm giving it a point for every other band that it defeats. Now because this is a triple threat series, the top voted song in each category you know, or with each band, you know, the top winning band in each category will get, receive two points. The the second place will win one point, and of course, the loser will get zero points. At the end, of course, of all these rounds, I'll be able to tally up, tell you who the top performing winning band was, and then we'll have a countdown list of all of the songs of like a, I think we'll probably do a top ten, maybe a top five if we want to play the songs as we go. But I think we'll do a top ten. We'll take a look when we get there. All righty, but that is enough about that. Once again, make sure you go and vote for your favorite Disney bands in the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages. 
Listen up, all you cartoon lovers out there. Make sure to check out the Saturday Morning Rewind podcast to hear exclusive interviews with your favorite cartoon characters from the past and present. If you were a fan of Thundercats, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, or Darkwing Duck, Saturday Morning Rewind is the show for you. Join Tim each month as he interviews the voices behind the characters. Find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and online at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. I'm in! Now back to the program! Okay, now it is time for our next segment where we go through and we have been listening to the opening day of Disneyland from 60 years ago in celebration of the Disneyland Diamond Celebration. Dumbo and Pluto and Donald Duck and all the other characters are from the uh, Walt Disney costumes created by John uh, for John Harris's Ice Capades, which is on tour with Peter Pan right now around the United States. In the distance comes the floats. That's Cinderella riding in a golden coach pulled by two ponies with a doorman and a driver and Prince Charming on a white horse carrying Cinderella's glass slipper and there's Snow White and she's sitting there with the seven dwarfs. Oh yes, and listen to the kids in the crowd here, all specially invited for an all-free party on Walt Disney. Now here comes the frontier land and of course, who would be up near the front but Davy Crockett? Old Fab Parker, he's the beard and all. And the Davy Crockett Mounted Scouts, Buddy Epson's there too. Annie Oakley, the hostess girl for the Carnation Ice Cream Pavilion here on Main Street is riding with them. The Conestoga coaches and wagons have Governor Frank Clement of Tennessee riding aboard. Aye. And there's Annie Oakley coming up now. And the buckboard stagecoach is Gail Storm and Danny Thomas and his family. He's a popular fellow with all the crowd. The Minutemen, they're back there. Yeah. You Here come the Indians. Here oh, the Indians oh, oh, yeah. Fire water on the horse fire water. Yeah. This is a real all-star parade of characters, all of whom will be seen in later episodes of our introduction to Disneyland. Here come a bunch of square dancers dancing on a little thing drawn by horses. Yes, and they're actually calling square dances up there. The Boy Scouts of America, the Orange Empire Council, helped out in the Indian group, by the way. Right behind the square dancing is a very small group, but for representing a very important, a very important group, Adventureland. Well, I guess we got more parade than we can handle today. Bob Cummings, you better take it away wherever you are. Yes, sir. Okay, Art Linkletter, thank you very much. You did a wonderful job there describing that. I'm at the head of the parade now, ladies and gentlemen, and my job here is to more or less give you an orientation process because I am standing at about the center of this giant 160 acre of Disneyland. Now, if you can visualize where I'm standing, the parade is coming directly to my back towards your camera. Off to your left is the fabulous Tomorrowland. Directly behind you is Fantasyland, which you will all see very soon. Directly to your right is Frontierland and the Old West. And directly to your right and slightly forward is Adventureland. Now, of course, all the segments of this wonderful parade and their casts are now breaking up and they're going to the various sections of Disneyland. Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, Adventureland, 
and Frontierland, as I told you. Standing here has been one of the most exciting moments of my life. I think, ladies and gentlemen, that anyone who's been here today will say, as the people did many years ago, when they were at the opening of the Eiffel Tower, I was there. I'm very proud to say I was at the opening of Disneyland. It's a fabulous thing to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is one of the greatest parades, man-made parades, I've ever seen. Walt Disney has done one of the most fabulous jobs of gathering together talent and workmen. In just one minute, we will start our exciting trip to Frontierland, the Old West, and Davy Crockett. Before you enter this realm, I'd like to read this dedication, which will be inscribed on a plaque. Frontierland. It is here that we experience the story of our country's past. The color, romance, and drama of frontier America as it developed from wilderness trails to roads, riverboats, railroads, and civilization. A tribute to the faith, courage, and ingenuity of our hardy pioneers who blazed the trails and made this progress possible. And this is Frontierland. Inside this stockade, Walt Disney has created a frontier village that could have been carved out of the wilderness a hundred years ago by the pioneers themselves. The flag flying over the stockade has 13 stars commemorating America's first period of independence. And that volley signals the arrival of a wagon train with the first visitors to travel through the gates of time and into our very historic past. And now, inside Frontierland to Art Linkletter. Frontierland, Conestoga wagons, riders and all off the big Main Street Parade. They're going on into the stagecoach country. Yes, sir, there's little Annie Oakley and there are the special horses, five, eight size, bred by Walt Disney and Danny Thomas. The cameras are in the other direction, Danny. Yeah, there they go. And kids, there goes a Wells Fargo type stagecoach with Gail Storm and her kids inside and uh, what do you think of this, Robert? Great. Uh-huh. Looking for anything special? Davy Crockett. Well, Davy Crockett ought to be around here someplace. In the meantime, let's take a look, a little look around. Over here where the little burrows and the horses are, and down there is the Davy Crockett Museum. What do you think of that, uh, Don, uh, <laughs> Sharon? Oh, it's fine, but where's Davy Crockett? Where's Davy Crockett? Well, he's out someplace where the Indians are. Down there is the Frontier Trading Post. Isn't that exciting, Robert? Sure is, but I still don't know where Davy Crockett is. Well, i tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to give you this gun, Robert. You point it up in the air, and when you fire it, that'll bring Davy Crockett. Another one. There it goes. Now, everybody look over in that direction. I think we're going to see Davy Crockett very shortly. Keep your eyes on those hills. Tennessee. 
of the free. Raised in the world, so she knew every free. Killed him a bar, but he was only free. There he comes. Hi, Davy. And Russell, too. Come on over here, fellas. You're a little late getting in. Must have been some trouble on the trail someplace. Well, Hi, it passed. What, what happened? We'd have been here sooner, but we took a shortcut through the painted desert. Yeah, there was too much paint, too. War paint. Indians? Them, them redskins was just itching to lift our scalps. Well, what did you do? Well, I got out old Betsy, but before I could draw a bead on the chief, Georgia here spilled his canteen on my gunpowder. <laughs> yeah, then when I grabbed from a tomahawk, dang that the head didn't come right off in my hand. So there we was. No dry gunpowder, no tomahawk, and all the time them redskins was keep creeping closer and closer. And their hot breath was breathing down the backs of our necks. Oh, you were a goner, Davy. What'd you do? Nothing. Nothing. We just let those Indians breathe away till their hot breath dried out that gunpowder. Then old Betsy took over. Oh, what a Good story. Uh, <laughs> I've sure been a goner without. Tell yes, another sir. story, Davy. All right. I have some more audio for you from Planet Comic Con, which took place here in Kansas City back in March. And uh, I got to attend another great panel featuring Carrie Elwes, best known from The Princess Bride, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, had a great part actually opposite Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. You're scared of the claw. You're scared of the claw. Uh, this, of course, is the shortened about, it's about 18 minutes of audio of his initial coming out and talking a little bit. Uh, there was a further Q&A, which I do have audio of that as well, but that I'm going to be let be an exclusive for anyone who supports on Patreon.com. So if you are a supporter on Patreon.com, prepare for some bonus audio to be sent to you, which will be a 55-minute clip of Harry Elways and all the different questions, and it is very worth it. Uh, he is just as charming and nice as you would hope he would be in real life. As, you know, it's he was really great, and even with some of the kids, uh, he loved it when the kids would come up and ask questions. I mean, he was just a treat to watch, and I really think you're going to enjoy this. And no, this isn't Disney-related, I know, but you're really going to enjoy this, and I'm sure you're a big fan of his. So here he is from Planet Comic Con, Mr. Kerry Elwes. I ran into a guy named Kerry Elwes. Why don't we bring him up on stage and you can see him too. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kerry Ellis. Yes, sir. Just for a book, as you wish. Thank you. 
number nine, I think, on the New York Times bestseller list. Yes, sir. Very fortunate. And that's, that's the book where you dish all about the Princess Bride Correct. and your behind the scenes yes. and stories. A lot of fun. And I'm sure there's a story that you want to share here. Y'all haven't read the book yet. That's okay. If you haven't read it, it's alright. It's okay. If you want to come by my booth, I've got plenty of copies. Happy to sign them for you. And uh, yeah, and it's not just me in the book. I share, I can't take all the credit for it. It's myself and the whole cast are in it uh, Billy Crystal, Mandy, Robin, and uh, Rob Reiner is part of the book, uh, Bill Goldman. So we all share our own uh, memories of making the film. We were, we were talking on one of our podcasts about coming out here and doing all this and the fact that you were here and this uh, run of reboots and remakes that people keep making. And uh, we're seeing you know, Beauty and the Beast coming back as a live action. And we were talking about how, how you would recast The Princess Bride. And we said that oh. the conclusion that Why would you want to recast it? I think it turned out pretty good the first time around, don't you? couldn't remake The Princess Bride no, and do it this, at least in the same way because one, you know, it would be very hard to recreate that chemistry that you had with Robin Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And also, who would you get to play Fezzik? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with many giants on the planet. No. Andre, what a great guy. And you, what, have you yes, let's hear it. My first time was meeting him on the set. I, I mean, I, I, I grew up in England, so um, he was already legendary around the world, but I didn't follow wrestling as a kid, and so I had no idea who he was. So when I uh, talked to Rob Reiner about who he cast as the role of Fezzik, he goes, Oh boy, did we get the right guy for you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He goes, We cast Andre the Giant. I said, his name is, his last name is The Giant? And he goes, you mean you don't know who he is? I go, no, who is he? He goes, he's a real giant. He said, I, it's not like I sent out a casting call for, for someone to play a giant and a hundred people call back. It's only one giant on the planet. And then he showed me a picture of him. And uh, he said, He's seven foot five, 450 pounds, and you get to fight him. <laughs> anyway, yes, so I was a little intimidated, but he was a, a total sweetheart, totally. Now, you were working in Germany, I understand. Yeah. You were auditioning for the part. Yes. And I understand you almost didn't get the part. No, uh, no, I, had, I got the part. No, I was very, very lucky, I got the part. I got the part. Okay. I was very lucky, I had a nice meeting with Rob, and, and uh, it all went very smoothly. But uh, let's, let's discuss, uh, do you want to talk about uh, Andre? Should we talk yeah. about Andre a bit more? Do you guys want to hear more? Woo! Did you have a story? Huh? You have a story. About? About <laughs> <laughs> Andre? This is a story that's in the book. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I can tell you about the first days working with him. The first day I worked with Andre was the scene in which um, we're on the parapet of Florham Castle and uh, and it's a scene where I'm mostly dead and, yeah, and you may remember it and, and Fezzik is there with Montoya and I think Fezzik has the first line and he says, uh, 
I wonder how long before it takes effect. About the miracle pill, right? And Montoya says something like, uh, your guess is as good as mine. And then I come to and I say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll beat you both together, I'll fight you both apart. Is that right? Is that what I said? Yep. Yes, thank you. You know someone will always correct me on that. And then Andre has the next line. He says, um, I guess not very long. Like that, right? Well, he didn't get to the word long when he let out what has to be the most monumental fart. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not, I'm serious. I mean, look, folks, we've all experienced what we've accused people of giant farts, I'm sure. <laughs> this was a giant's fart. Okay? Right? Remember the scene in the movie where, um, where Andre says, Everybody move! Right? You know that moment? Yeah. And then, they, then Rob Reiner cuts all of the folks in the village and they all look in shock when they hear him scream. That was the exact reaction uh, of the entire cast and crew uh, when Andre let out this fire. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, it, it was 15 seconds long. Oh so my time, god! It's a long time. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> and and it, the sonic resonance of it was so monumental <laughs> that I looked over at the sound guy and he, he lifted the headphones up. His head. Oh my god! And then I looked up at Andre. And he had steam coming out of the top of his head. I don't know why to this day, but the combination of this, this fart that could be heard in Beijing, and everyone was covering, covering the rear, and the steam coming out of his head, I just couldn't look at him anymore. I just had to look away, I just was like that. And, uh, and you know what's so great is that in, in America when someone farts, people, you guys call it, you're like, come on, really dude, you know? But in England, when someone farts, everyone sort of becomes very weird about it. They're all like, oh, looks like, looks like rain. And strange, it's wonderful. And, but in this instance, it was so mammoth, it could be heard like three counties over. When he was done, there was like, you could hear a pin drop. It was just silence. And the whole crew went just dead silent. And Rob Reiner, the director, broke the silence and he goes, Hey Andre, you okay? <laughs> I swear to God, that's what he said. And Andre, without missing a beat, goes, I am no boss. <laughs> oh my goodness. So needless to say, that scene took quite a long time to get off the bat. Because every time he got to the word long, we were just, oh no. Now, your first day doing scenes with Robin Wright, you were in the fire swamp, set fire yes. to her dress. And then, then, I guess later you were shooting the scene where she learns who you actually are, uh, figures out that you're Wesley and Andre Pirate Roberts, but you were doing that scene with a broken foot. I believe, yes, with yeah. a broken foot. Broken toe. Because Rob Reiner talks about that in the commentary right. on the DVD about yes. how you were... You were Yes, that was my own fault. I was, I was, it was a moment where my humor succeeded my aptitude. I was, um, I was about to shoot that scene on the hill with Robin, and, uh, you know, where I, where I confront her about marrying Buttercup. And uh, Andre the Giant, Andre, couldn't get around the set very easily, and he couldn't fit into any regular car. So the production manager went up to him and said, Andre, how do you get around in your farm in North Carolina? And Andre said, I use an ATV, boss. 
like that. Now, this is 1986 in England. It's not like there are a lot of ATVs around. But if you grab, out, grab your phones right now, Google Image, Andre the Giant, and All Terrain Vehicle, or ATV, you'll find a picture of him on it. And it's, it's a little three-wheeler. It's a little red, it looks like a tricycle under him. It's amazing. <laughs> but you've never seen a giant happier in your life. Not that you've ever seen a giant. Believe me, this guy was so, he was zooming around on it. I mean, just, and forget going to work on it, he was just playing with it all day long. And, and you could see him coming from a mile away, it was very loud, and he loved it. And he would zoom up to me on it, and he'd come, come across on this thing, and he'd go, hey boss. I go, yes, Andre. You like my toy? <laughs> I said, yes, it looks, it looks marvelous, Andre. You want to try it? I go, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, I don't. And he'd just take off again. And this went on for like three or four days. Second day, same thing. Hey boss. Yes. You like my toy? It's great. <laughs> day four, he comes up to me, literally like this. Hey, Andre, you look like you're having fun. Oh, it's fun, boss. You want to try it? I go, I, I, I'm... You know you want to. <laughs> that was the moment where I really made a mistake. I went, oh, all right, Andre. And I thought, I took off my mask, I thought that was a good idea. I took off my mask, I thought, okay, I'll get on this. Now he got off it, and it went up another four feet. <laughs> and his bodyguard, his bodyguard, like he needed a bodyguard. This guy had the easiest job on the set. I said, what are you, what are you defending him from, the flu? <laughs> Comes up to me, he goes, oh, it's very easy, governor. It's just like a motorbike. Clutch here, brake pedal. On off switch, Bob's your uncle. That should have told me something. Right? <laughs> Get on this thing. I had no business being on. And I put it in first gear and I lurch forward and I go over a rock because it's very mountainous where we're shooting. And I caught my left big toe between the clutch pedal and the rock and it just snapped like that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's what the sound of a broken toe sounds like. That's, that's really interesting. And now there are people running up to me, crew and what have you. And I'm about to shoot the scene with, with Buttercup. And uh, the set nurse comes up and she says, oh, what happened, what happened? I go, well, no, it's nothing really. I pretend to be like the Black Knight in Monty Python, the Holy Grail. It's just a flesh wound, it's nothing, it's nothing. She goes, I think we need to look at it. Let's take the boot off. So they took the boot off and then the, there was my big toe and it was all red and pointed in the wrong direction. Wow. Lovely. And she goes, ooh, I think it's broken. <laughs> I said, no, no, it's not, it's just sprained. She goes, look at it, it's pointing all the wrong direction, everything. It's broken. I said, well, what can you do for me? I've got to shoot the scene, what can you do? She goes, I'm a set nurse. She opened up a bag, she goes, I've got something here for an upset tummy. I've got something for a headache. Don't have nothing for broken limbs. I've got hospital for that. So I said, oh, please, anything. Because they were getting, like, down to the wire to shoot the scene. I said, is there anything you can do? And she goes, well, I suppose I could make a makeshift splint. I said, great, can you do that? So I think she grabbed a couple of twigs or something. Wow. Bent the toe back into the right direction and taped it up. And now the boot wouldn't fit, of course, because it's all swollen. Now they had to cut the boots and make it fit. Now I'm thinking, what am I going to tell Rob Reiner? We're 
10 days of shooting. I haven't shot any of the sword fighting, which I'm supposed to do myself. There's supposed to be no, Rob said he didn't want Manny and I to have any stunt doubles. It had to be us. I'm thinking, they're gonna fire me, for sure. I broke my toe, fooling around on Andre's all-terrain vehicle. I'm gonna be fine, that's it. So I thought, don't tell Rob, I'll handle it, don't worry. I'm thinking, what a twit, because he's the director. Of course he's gonna find out. You, you make strange decisions when, you, when you're nervous and, 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 and young. And so I, uh, I said, don't tell him, I'll, I'll handle it. So I get in the van with the first assistant director and the set nurse, and it's the longest, slowest drive I've ever taken in my life. I seem to remember I overheard the set nurse in the back of the van saying, I think he fell on his head as well. Uh. Get to the set, I literally hop out of the van, and I put all my weight on the broken toe, and I just walk up to Rob like nothing's happened. And Rob says, he's scratching his pity, he goes, Hey Gary, how you doing? Like that. And I'm thinking, he can't possibly know. I go, I'm fine, Rob, how are you? He goes, I'm good. How are you doing? Like that. And then I knew he knew, right? So I said, oh, Rob, I'm so sorry. I feel like such a twig. I mean, I was fooling around on Andre's old terrain vehicle. I went over a rock, and I, I think I may have... I think I may have broken my toe. And he goes, you think I don't know? I'm the director. Everybody's got a walkie-talkie on this set. Somebody just said to me, you're going to see that Carrie can't walk too good. Uh, I said, I'm so sorry, Rob. I was afraid to tell you. I thought you'd fire me. He goes, I'm not going to fire you. What are you, crazy? Can you walk? I go, yes, uh, you know. It's good, you know. So, uh, <laughs> He goes, can you run? I go, it's going to be interesting. He goes, all right, don't worry about it. Shoot the scene. We'll, we'll get to it later. And he was such a mensch about it, but um, I learned two valuable things that day. One, always tell the truth, it's easier. And, uh, and two, don't go fooling around on an all-terrain vehicle unless you know where you're Them things aren't toys. <laughs> They're not toys. They're very dangerous. So that was the first and last time I've been on an all-terrain vehicle. That was it. How different was Rob Reiner's style from Mel Brooks? Because they're essentially comedies. Yes. And now you're, you're you've done Dread Pirate Roberts, and yeah. you transition over to Robin Hood. Yes. Working with another. Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, thank you. Mel came to a screening, I think, of, of Princess Bride, and. Um, and, and then he saw that I was, uh, he was, he'd already written Rob, uh, Rob and Tice, and I got the call. I literally got a call from him at home. And uh, I, I thought it was a, a hoax, because I picked up the phone and he said, this is Mel Brooks. I went, yeah, right, and hung up. Oh my gosh. Right? Isn't that what you would do? So the phone rang again, I picked it up, and he went, don't hang up, don't hang up, it's really me. I, and then he proceeded to tell me he had this script about Robin Hood and he wanted me to come and meet on it. And I, I was blown away because I grew up with Mel Brooks. I mean, I just, I just loved his work. I'd seen his movies so, so many times. The Producers and Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Right? Great movies. And um, his, his partner uh, in comedy, Carl Reiner, is Rob's father. So Rob grew up around Mel. And, and, uh, and so they did have very similar style. They, they both have something in common. They both take their work very seriously, but they don't take themselves very seriously, which is kind of like how I like to work. So 
it was a lot of fun. I can't remember a day without laughter, really. Um, that was hysterical. I mean, he just, I don't think he wanted the movie to end, frankly. <laughs> we ended up shooting way over schedule because we were having so much fun. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You, you mentioned uh, learning on the set things, you know, things not to do right later. Uh, there are a lot of a lot of genre actors who do genre over and over and over again, and, and everybody knows you mostly as Wesley or Robin Hood. Right. But you have such a varied string of work. I mean, all sorts of genres and parts and yeah. characters and everything. There's really no pinning you down. And you're working all the time. Yes, thank you. Uh, Very fortunate. I, I, looked at your, I looked at your IMDb listing just to see what was going on. You've yeah. got something like seven or eight projects in post-production right now. I mean, you're <laughs> constantly on the go. How? I, I'd like to work. <laughs> <laughs> and you got two projects that are coming out soon. Yes. Um, uh, Sugar Mountain. Sugar Mountain. With Jason Momoa. You may know him from Game of Thrones. Fast, I believe, is Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, he's great. And uh, I did a film with Catherine Keener called Reed's Gone, and they're both coming out at some point this year. And you played Aquaman. I played Aquaman in the animated. Yes, uh, in uh, Flashpoint. That's right. Yeah. Some of you saw that? Yes. Woo! <laughs> Three people here saw it. Thank you. Anyway, let's do this. Uh, if you guys want to start lining up for some questions, and, and we'll, uh, we'll throw this over to you guys. Yes, sir. Favorite memory from Simon. Kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwar and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on TechnoRetroDads.com, part of the Shock Glass Digital Network. And now for some in-park fun, here is from the Disneyland meetup called Friends of the Magic, hosted by Paul Berry of A Window to the Magic 2014. We'll sit with Jesse as he views the great nighttime show, Phantasmic. Friend and host Mickey Mouse uses his business. I never saw that here. Oh, there is obvious because yeah. they're just like, you know, I'm sure you've been waiting this long, but you have to let other people on. You can experience a beautiful fantasy or an exciting adventure. Nothing is more powerful than imagination. I said to the guy in the the studio tour. And I said, is there a single sign? He said, no, but he's just given this. He gives me this card, which is there for a blind pass. But nobody would take it from me. I'm like, I'm like, here, you know? And they're like, no, no. I'm like, it's like five different things. I still have it.
Neverland Feedback. Okay, we have a few shout-outs this week. We have some new Twitter followers, which I want to welcome Jocko Talvite, Glenn Banton, Ian Smith, Team Englehart, Kent Berlincourt, Gary Bailey, and Melissa Pigeon. Welcome to the Neverland Twitter feed, and also, while I'm at it, let me welcome to the Neverland Facebook group, Burl Alexander. And also, I want to thank Assassin Smurf, <laughs> I love that name, <laughs> for a review on iTunes that simply, it's a five-star review, and it simply says, I love it, and I'll always stay young with this podcast. Thank you very much, and of course, everybody, go into iTunes, you have a link right there in the show notes, and also at NeverlandPodcast.com, and leave your reviews, it does help out to have more people find us, so more people can come and join the fun with us here in Neverland. Okay, well, I want to thank you for coming along with us here to Neverland on the Neverland Podcast. And, of course, and I invite you to join us next week when we will talk about the results of Round 2 of the Disney Battle of the Bands, or the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands, rather. And we'll kick off Round 3. Also, we will continue with Part 4 of the Opening Day Ceremonies from Disneyland. But until next week, remember to keep that pixie in your pocket. And by that, of course, I mean to keep that young at heart good attitude. And God bless. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash neverlandpcast and facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.